1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody, welcome back. It's Trey, it's Dane, it's Noel, Thy Enemy, Episode 7. We are back Ready to go. Knowles have a massive primetime night game against Duke. And they're good this year. It's interesting. It's a top 25 matchup. I'm stoked. All the recruits are going to be in Tallahassee. Former players are going to be there. But more importantly, the big brain, Dane, is going to be there. Dane, how are you feeling, man? Big primetime matchup. Still a college student. When I was in school, we were trash. So you got to be feeling good, man. It's a good time to be an FSU guy, right? It definitely
0: is. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, primetime, like packed out stadium and stuff. That's going to be a really fun one. I haven't, I mean, I haven't been able to like – or haven't been going to these games consistently, you know, working Mm -hmm. them or whatever for a while. And this is like, I mean, this, this stuff like being good is fun, you know, being to go, going to games and have packed out stadiums every time. Like that's fun stuff. And this is, is going to be one of those, you know, nighttime. It'll be fun.
1: It's fun, dude. The the games are fun. The content's fun. The pods are fun. You and I are more fun. We're not as miserable as we were last year during the middle of our three-game losing streak. We were pretty gross to be around with. No, it's all smiles and sunshine. I love it. But let's talk about Florida State's opponent because they got a pretty good one. In the Duke Blue Devils, which still sounds weird coming off the tongue, uh, they are 5-1 this year, wins over Lafayette, UConn, NC State, fellow nerd school, Northwestern, and the one that was very eye-opening, the 28-7 to beatdown of Clemson at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you could really call it a beatdown, a lot of turnovers, but it was mm-hmm. eye-opening and they're only lost a close one against Notre Dame 21 to 14 as far as like the S P plus which of course is those advanced stats and analytics that I always kind of reference to give you just they're not a 100% on the money but it'll give you directionally about how good of like what quadrant this team is and those statistics have duke as the 22nd best team in the country they actually moved up 6 spots from from the week before they were 28 last week. They really like their domination of NC State, so they're the 22nd best team, 32nd best offense, and we'll talk about why they might not be as effective as that number comes Saturday. But the 14th best defense, coached by Mike Elko, our own our own resident masshole Adam Fullers mentor Mike Elko. He's from the Elko tree. You know, they got a just a wonderfully coached defense. And just to kind of give you a, a contrast to Florida State, SP's got us. Then don't get mad, guys. Not my numbers. The 11th best team in the country. We jumped up four spots from last week. Yay. 15th best offense, 16th best defense in the country. So SP Plus actually thinks that Duke has a better defense than FSU, which I think is very interesting. Dane, what is your opinion of? Duke is a whole and how formidable is that Duke defense?
0: Yeah. I mean, they're definitely a good team. I think we've, we've established that for sure. I think, I mean, obviously the strength of this, of this team is absolutely the defense. And, um, I mean, they're an interesting group, definitely really, really well coached. I think you have to start with that. I mean, head coach Mm -hmm. Mike Elko, like you're saying, um, but they're also pretty talented and I, I don't think they really have weaknesses on their, um, I mean, if you go position by position on their defense, they don't really have weaknesses and they're talented kind of where it matters to, I mean, I think they're pretty talented throughout their secondary and um, and especially on the defensive line, they have, they have some like legit, like NFL upside type guys, like guys that are probably going to get drafted in the secondary too. And um, yeah, I mean, when you take a really, really well coached group and also like litter some actual NFL talents kind of Throughout the throughout the roster,
1: it's a winning combination. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then on offense, I mean, it's a little different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a little different.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you kind of have to start with with the availability of of Riley Leonard. I was about to say Luke Kennard. That would have been wrong. No, um, no, no,
1: no, 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 Riley, much more likable <laughs> than any Duke basketball player. And you guys will know what I'm talking about. If you read my prediction on the website, I am not really a fan of this school and it's not Mike Elko and the football team's fault whatsoever. Hold off on the Riley Leonard talk. I want to put a pin yeah. in it because I think like we did last week, I want to talk about the Duke defense first because I feel like this is the more challenging matchup. And not only are they well coached, we knew that with the way that Mike Elko, he's always had great defenses everywhere he's been. He's turned out to be a pretty Pretty darn good head coach. The fact that he said that they got some talent on the defensive line at Duke, like that is interesting to me. What about like who on that defensive line stands out? What do they do well? And could they give a Florida State offensive line that I feel like has been coalescing, gelling, coming together over the past couple of weeks? Could this be a nice little roadblock in the development of Florida State's offensive line?
0: I think potentially. And I think um I mean, especially because I think the I think the strength of this defensive line is in the interior. I think you have um I mean when people talk about Duke's defense, I think the the guy they most often would bring up is Dwayne Carter. He's just a really good defensive tackle for them. He's a veteran. Uh, really across the whole defensive line, it's it's a lot of like really old guys who mm-hmm. are are pretty good. And Dwayne Carter's one of those guys for sure. I mean, he's a likely NFL guy. And um and then another guy they have on the defensive line that's that's really good. I like a lot as Aeneas Peebles. Um, he's another like potential NFL guy. Seventy-nine PFF grade. He has three sacks in the year. Oof. I think. I mean, those that pair of defensive tackles you have right there is probably. I mean, it's about as good as you faced probably this year. Actually, LSU. I'm sure you played LSU.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. but but outside of LSU, you think that's the best like defensive line interior they face this year coming up.
0: I think it's hard to say they're they're more talented than Clemson, but it's it's really it is absolutely a strong unit that's definitely Mm -hmm. up there, kind of in the top tier of the ACC, and that's yeah, that's a good unit. And I think against like an FSU offensive line, where I would argue, I would argue across the whole offense, like your guards are probably performance based and talent based, probably like the weakest unit uh, on your own offense. I think at FSU.
1: I'd say that's fair when we've seen, we've seen it's gotten better over the past couple weeks, specifically with Mo Smith kind of getting healthy he's kind of the glue that holds that together, calling out the protections and everything. There have been missed blocks from guys like, you know, Casey Roddick Meech every now and then country Jones looking good in the running game, still trying to pull it all together and pass pro. So I'm with you with it. The interior, while not bad, I would say, that especially over the past couple weeks, if you were going to get FSU right now, I would think you might be able to get them on the interior, which is the most disruptive pressure that you can get. We talk about it week in and week out because that's how we like Florida State to attack and kind of throw the opposing offense off rhythm with our guys like Braden Fisk and Josh Farmer, having a team that can do that to us. And it is good that like Roddick, Emmanuel, Jones, Marie Smith – block our defensive tackles in practice all the time but it that interior pressure just screws up all the timing man it really does
0: yeah i definitely agree and um i mean yeah that's it's it's difficult and then on the outside it doesn't get it doesn't get too much easier i mean you have a guy named rj Oben who's also like an nfl talent um Three? Yeah, I mean, like three
1: potential NFL guys on this defensive I, line? That's interesting.
0: I think so, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a legit defensive line. And then they do some different stuff schematically, too, with different fronts and bring some creative pressures, creative blitzes. They don't blitz a ton, honestly. But, like, I mean, even not blitzing a ton, they're 20th nationally in pressure rate, which I think just really speaks to the talent of that defensive line. Um, so...
1: Are they going to kind of play Florida State like how Florida State would play people? Will they try to control the game with like a light box, two high safeties? Like, is it going to be like kind of like a fun house, like mirror image of like wh- what what Adam Fuller likes to do? I mean, they're from the same tree.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense uh, to think that way. I think they, they generally play pretty similar uh, as it is like they aren't a, a super heavy blitzing team. Um, I mean, statistically, like they don't really give up explosives. They definitely don't get up to the deep ball. The I mean, best in the con- best team in the country so far statistically um, and not giving up the deep passes. It's, that's I, gonna I think be that's interesting. a good comparison.
1: That, and that's going to be interesting too. Cause Florida state, we have lived. I thought it got better against Syracuse. You could tell a lot of the check down, some of them dropped by like Trey Benson and Jaheim bell, but a lot of the in breaking routes with like Darian Williamson, Keon Coleman, Uh, Destin Hill on the drag. I thought that Jordan was starting to kind of utilize that intermediate range. Like we wanted him to, I'd like to see that continue. My, I think it will be interesting and maybe we'll talk about it more. when We get to the DBs teams have been playing, which doesn't, it doesn't make sense when you think about it, but teams have been playing a lot of man against Florida state and sort of baiting them into that deep ball. I wonder if I wonder, like, I don't know if you have these stats in front of you, like what's the, what's the split. Cause I know obviously like kind of like the man match, like cover four kind of zone stuff. Will Duke be doing that or will they play Florida state band? Because some teams have had success baiting us into the deeper throws. And then you get to the whole Jordan Travis running component. It's a very interesting chess match between Mike Norvell and Mike Elko. And their defensive line is going to make it even more difficult. Now, what about the guys directly behind them? What do we think of the Duke linebacker unit? Can they be taken advantage of with maybe Trey Benson having a bounce back game in the passing game? Lawrence Toffoli, Morlock Bell. Can those guys be taken advantage of athletically or are they pretty solid too? Yeah, I think, I
0: think the Duke linebackers are probably like the least impressive unit they have on defense. It's definitely mm-hmm. not bad, but... Um, but maybe another comparison can be drawn to FSU's defense and kind of how it's built as far as like, I want to say like positional value. Yeah. Um, like the most talented guys in that defense are your, is a, is a great defensive end. Um, definitely some, well, really good defensive end and some very good defensive tackles. And then uh, some, some nice talent on the outside. And I mean, generally sprinkled throughout the the defensive backfield, but you do have some older guys some guys that have been productive, like like Trey Freeman, Darian uh, Musau are, are the the two starting linebackers for them. And Musau's more of the he's like the more talented guy, bigger body, 6'2", 230. Mm-hmm. Um, and Freeman's more of like uh, they're both veterans, but Freeman's I mean he leads a team of tackles, but like I, I think he's kind of the lesser talented of the two. Sure, neither of them are special, I guess I want to say. And um, but but you know it's a really really well. Coach unit, which is honestly consistent throughout the whole team, and definitely consistent throughout the defense. But I think you, you mentioned the run game, and I think that's the area where they're weakest as a defense. And they're a very good defense statistically, but the area they're weakest is is giving up like down to down success in the run game.
1: Oh, all different. too familiar with that on our <laughs> side of the ball. That's is it are they missing run fits is like, are the linebackers out of place? Is the defensive line too aggressive? Do they have tackling issues in the secondary? What, what I mean, do, or is it maybe a combination of all that? Like, why do you think that they're giving up like these kind of, <laughs> it's so funny, dude. It's like our defense. Sometimes they've been a lot better over the past three weeks, but like four or five, six yards at a clip and making like sustainable, easy second and third down conversions.
0: Yeah. And with FSU, I think a lot of that is, you know, at sometimes, you might get frustrated, but you know, they're still going too high when it's an obvious run down or mm-hmm. maybe not obvious run down, but standard downs against teams that can only run the ball, <laughs> you know, and they're still yeah. too high or whatever. And I think I think maybe it's maybe it's a lot of that with them too. They also, yeah, they don't tackle very well. I think that's another kind of weakness of this defense. Maybe the only one I really know of that FSU's kind of built to take advantage of. Um, and that's that they, they don't they don't tackle very well. I think they're eighty third nationally in, in missed tackles and FSU oh, wow. guys that can that can break tackles, but, um, but yeah, I mean, FSU hasn't been great this year at like down to down success rate in the running game, but they started to figure out against Syracuse. They figured it out more against VT as well. Like they're in an upward trend. And I think, I think if FSU is going to go score a lot of points, I think they definitely need to find that down to down success that like Duke might be giving you.
1: I think yeah. that that's, I, I feel pretty confident in too. If they're playing a lot of light boxes, I, I like Florida state's running game the best when they spread out Virginia tech kind of wide with those balanced formations, like two wide receivers to each side, uh, no attached tight end. I really liked the way that the, I thought that they gave really easy, clean reads for the offensive lineman and for the running back and whatever you can do against a team that has tackling issues to get the ball, to Jaheem bell, Keon Coleman, get Trey Benson up to speed, like immediately kick him into that gear where he becomes like the broken tackle juggernaut. I think, I think Florida state is going to be able to run on Duke. I really do. I, and, and <laughs> I mean, a lot of it might just because they're so used to facing a defense like this in practice. Now, Elka will have some stuff schemed up and they will get a couple negatives here and there. But I, I the more I hear you talk to the more I actually do feel confident against this, 14th best defense in the country per SP Plus. I think FSU is going to be able to run on them. Uh, let's talk about the secondary. They don't give up explosives. They ain't never played, they have not played wide receivers like Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Do we expect that trend to, to happen to continue to be a thing? Or do we think that Florida State, our dudes are just too different? We are going to hit, we are going to hit some bombs on these guys.
0: I mean, I think that's a big question. They're really disciplined, and they're—I mean—they're uh, I mean, they're definitely talented in the secondary. So, like, we'll see if they can. If anyone can, though, I think it probably—I think it probably is FSU. <laughs> like, you are really talented on the outside. <laughs> yeah. A guy like Keon Coleman. Well, you know, it's been reported we expect um, Johnny Wilson back. We'll see if Jordan Travis can maybe play his best game yet under the lights. He tends to tends to do well in these kind of games from he from does. my memory, at least. But. Yeah, I mean, that's a big a big question. Um,
1: Who on the uh, secondary should we watch out for?
0: They got I some think, big guys,
1: right? They got some length out there, yeah, some
0: size? They definitely do. And I think that's, I mean, I kind of jotted some things down as like kind of strengths of, of for Duke in this matchup, things that are more advantageous for them than the Nevisu normally faces. And I think the size at corner is kind of one of those. Like their best corner, another like potential NFL guy is Miles Jones. I think he's their best corner. He's, um, he's one of the highest like PFF graded corners in the country. He's like a 90 PFF grade. Really, really Jeez, good. That's I a mean, dude, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, but he's also been pretty banged up. He missed a couple weeks with a hamstring injury and he came back and played against uh, NC state this past week. But like, like in the fourth quarter he, he went down and like came up limping and that's oh, kind again? Of a... he
1: went down again in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to play in this game. Like I think he'll be available, but that's, you know, if he's hindered, that's a pretty big deal, but he's a, I mean, obviously he's a really good player, but he's six, four, which I think is notable against this FSU team.
1: Keon Coleman size, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, but if they didn't have him, I mean, that'd be a really big loss, but I, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's likely to play. And then, um, a corner out opposite of him al blades he was a transfer from um
1: hey i remember that name yeah
0: yeah so it's kind of hard to be too intimidated by him i feel like <laughs> being that.
1: i also remember that <laughs> yes i also remember that as well
0: <laughs> being that he was a uh like a rotational corner at miami a year ago but but he's played pretty well for them and then um they have a really, really good nickel cornerback uh, named Chandler Rivers. He's an 80 PFF grade. I feel like that just kind of validates the points, but he's definitely like—he's another potential um, NFL guy, I think, for sure. He was a freshman All-American last year when he was playing on the outside, and they moved him into slot when they brought in these transfer corners, mm-hmm. and he's played really, really well there. And in his two highest PFF graded games, I thought, was interesting. Um Or against Clemson or Notre Dame, so this guy likes to come in and play uh and play his best ball when in these big games I think
1: plays his best ball in big games, I would say especially that Clemson game game one um he is not they those are not good receiver cores. they're not
0: yeah, I mean, I would say especially Notre Dame Notre Dame doesn't really no. have anybody on the outside. I would say to counter that Clemson, like he's a a nickel and Clemson, their wide receiver talent, if it's anywhere, it is. Oh, that's fair.
1: Okay. That's good.
0: Antonio Williams. Like that was week one. I think that's pretty impressive, but no, Notre Dame really doesn't have their brand. I mean, that's not a good passing team. They just throw to a tight end, but yeah, he's a really good player.
1: And, um, it's going to be a challenge, dude. It'll be interesting. Now the kid being bit miles Jones being banged up. That is interesting. And it, it, that, that one's fascinating to me. That might be the most fascinating. I don't think it's the most advantageous matchup for FSU, but I think it's the most fascinating from the fan to watch. It's like a, like a chess piece one on one duel. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. And the whole conversation starts and ends um, with Riley Leonard, unless you have something else you want to say first. You're making some hand gestures. (laughs) They have a few good safeties I wanted to talk about. Oh, well, then um... let's talk. How dare I? Let's talk about the safeties (laughs) as well. I was was, uh, getting ahead of myself. Thank you for calming Mm. me down as the grizzled veteran, Dane. Tell Uh, me about them Duke safeties. Well, um,
0: I mean, they just have a few guys that I think are worth noting. Uh, Brandon Johnson's the main one. He might be... He might be their best defensive player. Like Dwayne Carter, like I said, is kind of the guy people bring up. Like Peebles is another really good one. Owen's a really good one. This guy, mm-hmm. Brandon Johnson, he was their nickel last year. He gets a ton of takeaways. He just like they use him all over the field. He had five and a half sacks last year. Um, oh, he's like he their Jamie Robinson, right? Yeah, I would say so, definitely. And he's playing safety. Yeah, actually, he, he was a nickel last year. Um, I think the year before, too. He's really good. And then they move him back to safety this year. So yeah, very much like Jamie Robinson. He's actually really similar size too. Oh, so look at these
1: comparisons, guys, it is funny. Florida State going to be like playing the the Dark Link Water Temple version of themselves a little bit on defense. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Anybody else? Any other safeties before we move on to the quarterback?
0: Uh, Jalen Stinson and Terry Moore are two more. Stinson's like a, a real um, scrappy, like five eight, but really fast and physical safety uh terry moore's really young but he's talented potential nfl guy and yeah we're good but brandon johnson's uh, of the safeties really the guy to know is like that dude's dangerous if they're if duke's gonna go and i mean to win this game i feel like the turnover battle is something yeah, that's big time it's not something that's like i don't know it's not as directly correlated to a game as like a, a team's performance i mean uh, to a team's performance is like yards or something like that but If you are to lose a turnover battle, Brandon Johnson might be, you know, he might be like the best candidate to cause that, you know.
1: I'm with you because it's not the most repeatable action. There's a component of luck to it. But I think in this game, for Duke to win at Florida State in this environment with a quarterback that is banged up and may or may not even play, they are going to need some turnovers. And whether those are turnovers on downs or whether those are traditional takeaways via fumbles, interceptions, they're going to need it to beat FSU. And if they do, it looks like old, uh, old BJ might be the guy that gets it done. Let's talk about Riley Leonard. It's only a kick. Pressure. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only
0: pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: You th- is he? I'm going to ask you the first question, then we can evaluate the play. You think he's playing? I do not. I, do not I don't either. Playing. I know Elko said that the quote where he expects him to, and I think that's good gamesmanship on his part. When you're facing a team with a talent deficit, make them prepare for both quarterbacks. I of think course. we were anyway. Adam Fuller said as much. Um, I just don't foresee him playing. We can talk about Riley Leonard. So just go over his game generally in case – I don't know, dude. I don't know what kind of horse tranquilizer they'd shoot up into his ankle (laughs) to make him play. But if they do, like, I even, you know, it's crazy. Even if I think if they do, such a strong component of his lethality is his mobility. I mean, don't play the kid if he's not healthy, because then you're losing so much of what makes Riley Leonard, Riley Leonard, right?
0: Uh, I do agree, yeah. I mean, he's a guy who's like, comfortable in this offense and he's got a big arm i mean he's he gets like nfl draft buzz for a reason like it's a big kid with a big sure. arm who is pretty productive and he's got really good leg i mean he he's kind of he's the a hell of an athlete dude a yeah. yeah he is he definitely is um and part of being a hell of an athlete is definitely the legs and they definitely use them and if he's i mean he's coming off a high ankle sprain like it was a nasty one yeah, too. It, it was real nasty. Yeah, it was. I, and Elko's kind of notorious for like um I I want to say like doing this sort of thing, like, you know, saying whatever's gonna kinda help his team. The gamesmanship.
1: He's a gamer. Yeah. yeah.
0: That definitely. And I, I really doubt he plays. Or if he does, it's not the same Riley Leonard that you'd be that you'd be scared of, I feel like.
1: And to be honest with you, man, Duke's only got one loss. It's non-con. Thanks, Notre Dame. That was a great deal we made with you in 2020. Um, so it's non-conference. So they're still playing for the, a conference championship no matter how this game goes. You know what I mean? So it's it, it will be interesting to see how they manage it from that perspective. But let's just say Riley Leonard's not playing. Who is Florida State going to have to face behind center?
0: Uh, Henry Boleyn. Um, or Henry Belin, sorry. But he's a redshirt freshman and he made his first start against Cincinnati State this past week. Did not look good. Um, I mean, it didn't okay. look terrible, but he was—he well, completed four passes. Oh and... my god, <laughs> that's like army numbers.
1: <laughs> what was your assessment of that game? Because they won like twenty-four to three or something like that. There's this graphic that comes out like every Sunday or Monday. Like, how bad did your team really get beat? It was like net, like net efficiency, or like a success basically, rate thing. It really, yeah, I success rate. Like, did okay. your team deserve to lose? And I believe that, like the Duke NC State game, like the 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 quality of play was not indicative of the score. No. So, like they they didn't beat NC State actually that bad twenty four to three. And how did how did the offense look? I mean, only four passes. Like, what 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 kind of stuff were we looking at here?
0: Yeah, I don't think it was very a very good offensive performance from either team but um i mean henry bellin I, I said he had four completions he also had 107 yards and two of those half of his completions for touchdowns uh, um the old tape a...
1: factor the roadmaker
0: <laughs> yeah i they, I they did well getting turnovers i think and um i'm not totally sure how they got those 24 points but yeah the score definitely wasn't indicative i watched like the condensed game and it just didn't
1: does he have good I think legs? Actually, did, did, he, is he a runner? Like, what what's his game like?
0: I definitely don't think he's as good as a, as good of a runner as Leonard. Um, he's like six three two ten. He's a bigger guy, but I didn't think he moved particularly well. I mean, I was seeing him like move, uh, you know, in the open field. They have mm-hmm. some stuff for designed run or you know, read option type stuff and he'll pull, and I definitely don't think he looks, like, particularly elusive or fast in open space. Um, I think he has a decent arm. He actually threw a pretty deep ball in the game to Jalen Calhoun. I mean, it's a wide open pass, but, like, he has some arm talent, I feel like, and he can move, but he's also a redshirt freshman. He's very inexperienced. He played like he was very inexperienced. Hostile the most environment, part. dude.
1: Yeah. I, for him, too.
0: I don't think this is going to be a great – I don't think it's an awesome game for him to play in. And I will say, like, in that game against NC State, NC State's defense is very good. Yep. And that's not a very good team this year, but that's that's definitely not the defense's fault. And NC State's also good at disguising pressure, getting pressure. And they, they made it really hard for him. And whether Ephesus is going to do the same thing, I mean, they definitely have the talent, to. I think they did some creative stuff against Syracuse. Me, too. You know, whether um, they do that again in this game, I think – I I mean I think they'll probably try to.
1: <laughs> I think it's so a too, good yeah. game to
0: try to do that. But uh that if could you, be really impactful against the Dane player. if
1: you if you had to rank the three quarterbacks at Florida State's face kind of in this same mold as Henry and you got Kyron Jones, Garrett Schrader, and then Henry Bielan, where would you put Bielan on that ranking?
0: I think Beelen's definitely like clearly last. Because okay. he's so inexperienced, so that's encouraging that's
1: encouraging own. for fsu because you face and you face the gauntlet dude, you face Jaden Daniels, you face Cade Klubnick. you face you face Garrett Schrader, who's been who's been very productive against you in the past. so I think we faced like the cream of the crop as far as like the dual threat quarterbacks, right? So it's not yeah. like this is this 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 is the. the this is what FSU's defense should feel comfortable with at this point because you face like five out of the seven teams you play Castellanos, man. That kid, Mm -hmm. like the way that he was a dual threat, like you face pretty much all dual threats the entire season. So I don't think that's going to catch them off guard. And they wouldn't anyway because they were preparing for Riley Leonard too. Um, The offensive line, how are they as a unit? Are they going to be able to keep this kid clean or do we expect a high pressure day from the trenches of Florida State?
0: i I think their offensive line is pretty interesting i mean it's another one of those groups where you like labeled as well coached and stuff um Mm -hmm. like they don't make a ton of mistakes but um and they also have a guy i mean they have a guy their left tackle's name is graham barton and he's like a legit like potential first round type talent he's he's really good he's the best guy they have um but outside of him it's kind of interesting i mean they're 111th nationally
1: in like pressure rate allowed but they Which don't take a lot big. of sacks because of Leonard though, right? And that's they're not going to have that this game. And even if he does play, he's not going to have the same mobility. So that pressure rate allowed yeah. might actually catch up to him against FSU, right? I
0: agree. I think that's a really good point. And they're also not particularly healthy. I mean, Graham Barton, he missed a couple games. one or two games with a concussion, and he's back now. But he also didn't have a great game against NC State. It was mm. like kind of interesting there. And then generally, I mean, they're pretty banged up on their interior. Um, they're down two of their left guards.
1: They're oh, on their third left guard?
0: I think so, but they've moved guys around, so it's not, sure. like, black and white like that, but um, but they've moved guys around on the interior, um, and, like, generally their left guard and their center at this point are, like, not really guys you want playing for you, I don't think. And that's
1: Farmer, Braden Fisk.
0: Yeah, Fabian Lovett, Dennis Briggs, whoever. Like, it's yeah. It's kind of the same story or a similar story in a way to what you have on the other side of the ball that we we're talking about, like with how FSU moves their guys around at the guard position. You know, having a solidified five, whether those mm-hmm. are guys that can make a positive impact for you against their impactful defensive tackles. Like, it's kind of the same on the other side of the ball, to probably a greater extent, because Duke's interior offensive line is definitely questionable, and your defensive interior is is very very nice. So, I think. I think getting some interior pressure is a must and it's probably gonna be I mean it's probably gonna happen. And also, I mean, being that it's such a young quarterback who you don't want to put like you don't want to put the ball in his hands too much. You don't want to no, ask him to do no, too much no, in no. this game. Duke generally has a pretty strong run game and um and you're gonna wanna really lean on that. Like if they can't run the ball, this it's just not gonna they aren't gonna They're score dead. points. Yeah. yeah. And um and I think FSU's defensive tackles could really make a massive impact in this game.
1: Stop Are the down. running backs?
0: They have some talent for sure. Um, Jordan Waters, they really have two main guys, um, Jordan Waters and Jark has more. But Jordan Waters is the more notable one. He gets some more of the carries, a uh, higher percentage of the carries than Jark has more, but I also think he's kind of the more talented guy.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think Waters kind of reminds me of Trey Benson in a sense. He's like a um like a powerful like six foot, two twenty. Yeah, but um, when he gets ahead of steam, he's really fast. He's really fast in the open field. He had like an 80-plus yard run last week against NC State. Um, he's interesting. I mean, he's the kind of guy who's definitely not like scared of contact. He runs physically. He could – yeah, I, I think against a smaller defense maybe, he would. he would have a potentially bigger impact, but he's it's... definitely a talented guy.
1: And Florida state's defense has rebounded from what we saw as like a weakness earlier in the year, the perimeter tackling and the safety tackling. We saw how many teams would target. Like when Kevin Knowles was in the game, basically run at him and force him to make the open field tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, It's gotten better. They've cleaned it up. And of course, Akeem Dent being back has helped that. And the kind of the emergence of Shaheen Brown, he had a really, really sparkling performance against Syracuse. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as big of a weakness as it was, but Duke will test it as well. They should um and that's interesting so we'll be on the lookout for waters kind of just like just stumbling and fumbling his way down the field what about the wide receivers anybody i think florida state's db unit i think to me that's been the the story of the season for me the bounce back of that defensive back unit the communication the technique um how aggressively they played since the second half of clemson on making just taking away all those easy throws, all the ones that were completed against them versus Syracuse were tough catches. And man, if, if there's not going to be any clear separation, that's just going to make this Duke offense's life even harder. Um, Any guys on the outside that could give Renardo or Fentrell trouble?
0: Yeah. um, I mean, really mainly two guys. And honestly, I'm making, I'm seeing so many like FSU to do comparisons like with the defense. And then I mentioned like the Trey water to trade Benson or sort of It's weird, players. dude.
1: They're just they, I feel like overall, and we'll get to it in the predictions. They're just a worse version of us. Yeah, they don't, don't like have they don't, FSU. They, they, yeah, it's real. maybe like FSU, it, like a less talented version of the 2022 FSU team. They're hurting on depth. This is a terrible time to like have depth problems week seven week eight this is where the depth really starts to show itself and being an asset and that's been the main difference for me from Florida State of last year to Florida State of this year obviously there's more talent especially like on the outside with a Keon Coleman that can't be denied but dude that depth has taken injuries that could have been catastrophic and it's all been manageable Florida State has managed through their injuries to the point where week seven they're one of the healthier teams in the entire country and you're going against a Duke team that, I mean, just from listening to you, Dane, they're kind of the walking wounded on many on many points. So this this kind of sounds like Florida State last year in like week seven, dude. Like you're banged up on the offensive line. You got Justin Turnatine in there who ended up doing a good job for you. But it's tough, dude. You're getting worn down. So I, I feel yeah. like this is a good time to catch Duke in a good environment. But go ahead and talk about those wide receivers.
0: Yeah, yeah. As far as, like, the whole pass-catching unit, really, it's, like, it's kind of mainly two guys. It's Jalen Calhoun and Jordan Moore, uh, which are their two outside wide receivers. Jalen Calhoun, like, I mean, preseason was kind of seen as, like, a potential, uh, definitely, like, an all-ACC caliber wide receiver, yep. a guy who can who can be considered, you know, one of the better wide receivers in the ACC. I mean, he's definitely been productive this year. But he's a guy who I feel like in man coverage can kind of excel the most. He's definitely... Someone like they're a, generally a pretty explosive offense. And I think he's a really big part of that. I mean, especially in the past game, he's the guy who's going to beat you deep. But he's also, I mean, just watching him, like his feet stand out a ton to me. Like He's really, really quick feet. And I think that probably shows up most like as a route runner. He's mm. really clean route runner with really quick feet. Um, yeah, I mean, so definitely someone who can test Renardo Green. You can test uh ventro Cypress, AZ Thomas, guy like that. Um, and then Jordan Moore is the other one. And I think he's like less talented, probably. Like I don't know if he's as much as like an automatic NFL guy. Sure. Um, but he's he's pretty interesting. I think he's more of like the like security blanket type receiver. Um, he's going to catch the ball consistently. He's good ball skills for sure. He has some big catches. Um, I think size? it's kind of interesting.
1: Is he size guy? Does he have any size nah. on him? Or he's more possession dude? So he's kind of he's kind of like a Micah Pittman from last year a little bit. M- maybe
0: maybe. Um, Maybe. yeah, I mean, he's like six foot.
1: Okay. Uh, Definitely
0: shifty. I mean, I've seen him move well in space, but like, yeah, I don't think he's a special athlete I would say, but he's kind of interesting. He was a former quarterback. He was a quarterback until I think uh, like last, like late last fall, like right before the season, they moved him to wide receiver after he lost the, um, uh, when he lost the quarterback battle to Riley, Riley Leonard and he's been pretty good, but, You know, he's considered like a smarter wide receiver. Like, well, they know coverages. Those guys are reception. They're
1: they know reception. They're reception machines, dude. They know when to sit down in the zone and where the soft spots are. So I'm with you. He's like your like if you need the six or seven yards, that's the guy he's going to be looking at. You know, it's
0: like uh to me, like it's kind of like the reverse Ryan Tannehill with him. Yes, yes,
1: yeah, exactly. The anti, yeah, going the opposite way. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I'm with you, dude those kind of smart receivers that know how to get the free completions, especially when you got a young guy being tested in front of like 80,000 people and Doke. it's going to be a great environment. There's going to be juice in the stadium. Um, the young quarterback's going to need a guy like him to settle him down and maybe get some completions early. Cause it, Florida state needs to stop the run. You got to stop the run, whatever you got to do to stop the run, stop the run and make the quarterback beat. you. And if that kid isn't getting those easy completions to start off the game and ease him into it, I mean, it could be a long night for Duke. I think it is going to be a long night for Duke. And I think they're a great well-coached football team. I think they're going to come in with a solid game plan. I think they're going to know how to attack the FSU defense as good as they can. And I think defensively they're going to come with some That – that is going to be such an interesting whiteboard battle between Norvell Atkins and Elko. I just man, just to get right into the predictions. Duke's going to make it tough on FSU, but I think it's just it's it's the wrong time, it's the wrong place, and it's the wrong team to go against with the depth of the talent of Florida State. I think Florida State is going to hand, hand Duke their worst loss of the season. I do think it's going to be close. I do think Duke is going to make it tough, but in the end, I think that. that the offense ain't going to have enough, even if Leonard plays or not. I think they're going to win something like 34 to 13. I think FSU covers, and I think they win comfortably by about like three scores. So 34 to 13 is what's kind of sounding good to me. Dane, where are you at?
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm on like a similar uh, line of thought as you for sure. I mean, well, that
1: makes me feel much better. <laughs> it does. You're a smart young fella. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Uh, um, well, okay. So. I mean, you said it like both teams, both of these teams need to run the ball. Well, they need to run the ball. Well, like down to down and uh, okay. To consistently move the ball, both of these teams are going to be, have to be good on the ground. Yep. Um, and I am much more confident in FSU doing that in this game. I I feel like FSU might just completely shut Duke down. Um, I feel like FSU's probably not going to be completely shut down on their end, but, um, but as far as like, Putting points on the scoreboard in this game, I feel like explosives are going to be the big key, and Duke across the season is pretty good at doing that. FSU is also pretty good at doing that, but um, but I definitely trust FSU to do it better than better than Duke yeah. and better than than Berlin in this game, um, or Belin. Keep saying Boleyn. but I like yeah, him, Berlin. I I think um, yeah, I mean, I just I just trust FSU's offense to work better than than them, and then uh, I mean, even if if FSU doesn't score a ton of points in this game, like feel like it's going to come down to, I mean, it's going to come down to protecting the ball, not turning the ball over and giving a team a short field. Um, or it's just going to be like, who, who gets more explosives, who gets more of these impactful plays because in a low scoring game, an explosive play is, is that much more impactful? Like, yep. Individually. So I think it's really hard to see an outcome where FSU doesn't win. Honestly, I feel like this is just a good matchup and a good, um, I think with without Duke starting quarterback, it's just hard to lose this game if you're not. It really,
1: unless this. it's like you said, dude. Unless it's like that Clemson game, and of course, I don't think they beat Clemson without Riley Leonard's legs in that game. Yeah. But yeah, just a bunch of turnovers, some weird red zone issues, maybe a. Uh, it would have to be a continuation and even like a worsening of some of the red zone issues we saw last week there was a couple issues with ball security particularly on that first drive with some fumbles fSU needs to clean that up but it it would take a lot of factors together building off on themselves negatively for Florida state for them to lose in my opinion score wise what do you think
0: i'm gonna go i'm gonna go thirty one to ten. I think they just don't really score points. And I think you, yeah, you get out of there and it's pretty comfortable in a great environment.
1: I think that sounds good to me. You know what sounded good to me? This entire damn episode. Dane, another one. Once again, guys, Florida State 6-0, the Trey Man. Big Dane, we're 6-0 in our predictions. We want to keep our streak alive, and we want to keep you guys informed. Thank you. Hopefully you're listening to this on the way to Tallahassee in Dope Campbell Stadium. Enjoy yourselves. I'd say responsibly, but who cares about that, man? Go crazy. It's there for the weekend. Have fun. We Listen, there's a ton of information, ton of news, ton of recruiting, ton of everything, ton of analysis. Knowles247.com. Now is the time to sign up. It is the best coverage out there with the best shows, the best analysis, the best insider info, bar none, not even close. We love you guys. Have fun. We'll see you on the instant reaction. And then for all the 9 million recruiting articles that Dane and Zach are going to drop, all the Chris knee, so analysis that your brain can handle. We love you. Have fun. Keep chopping.
0: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
1: You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals Highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free.